fifth Sunday of Easter. Prayer Psalm chapter 33 Shout for joy, you upright. Praise comes well from the honest. Give thanks to Yahweh on the lie. Play for him on the ten-string lie. The word of Yahweh is straightforward. All he does springs from his constancy. He loves uprightness and justice. The faithful love of Yahweh fills the earth. But see how Yahweh watches over those who fear him, those who rely on his faithful love, to rescue them from death and keep them alive in famine. Reading the Word First reading, Acts chapter 6 About this time, when the number of disciples was increasing, the Hellenists made a complaint against the Hebrews. In the distribution, their own widows were being overlooked. So the twelve called a full meeting of the disciples and addressed them. It would not be right for us to neglect the word of God so as to give out food. You, brothers, must select from among yourselves seven men of good reputation, filled with the Spirit and with wisdom, to whom we can hand over this duty. We ourselves will continue to devote ourselves to prayer and to the service of the word. The whole assembly approved of this proposal and elected Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, together with Philip, Prochorus, Nicano, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas of Antioch, a convert to Judaism. They presented these to the apostles, and after prayer, They laid their hands on them. Second reading. 1 Peter chapter 2. He is the living stone, rejected by human beings, but chosen by God and precious to him. Set yourselves close to him, so that you too may be living stones, making a spiritual house as a holy priesthood to offer the spiritual sacrifices made acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. As scripture says, Now I am laying a stone in Zion, a chosen, precious cornerstone, and no one who relies on this will be brought to disgrace. To you believers, it brings honor. But for unbelievers, it is rather a stone which the builders rejected that became a cornerstone, a stumbling block, a rock to trip people up. They stumble over it because they do not believe in the word. It was the fate in store for them. But you are a chosen race, a kingdom of priests, a holy nation, a people to be a personal possession, to sing the praises of God, who called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. Gospel, John chapter 14 
Do not let your hearts be troubled. You trust in God. Trust also in me. In my father's house, there are many places to live in. Otherwise, I would have told you. I am going now to prepare a place for you. And after I have gone and prepared you a place, I shall return to take you to myself, so that you may be with me where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said, Lord, we do not know where you are going. So how can we know the way? Jesus said, I am the way. I am truth and life. No one can come to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will know my Father too. From this moment, you know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and then we shall be satisfied. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you all this time, Philip, and you still do not know me? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? What I say to you, I do not speak of my own accord. It is the Father living in me who is doing his works. You must believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe it on the evidence of these works. In all truth, I tell you, whoever believes in me will perform the same works as I do myself and will perform even greater works because I am going to the Father. Hearing the Word Tensions Midway through the Easter season, the liturgy of the Word very realistically addresses the issue of tensions within an individual Christian and the Christian community. While the resurrection of Jesus changed everything, we remain in the world fraught with tensions and conflicts. These situations can weaken our faith and undermine our commitment to living life in the light of the resurrection. The first Christian community was not without its problems. In chapter 6 of Acts, we learn that unfairness in the distribution of common goods caused tension among members of the community. The early Christians in Jerusalem were all Jewish but they came from different backgrounds. Some of them lived their lives entirely in Palestine, the land of Jesus. But many of them grew up and lived outside the Palestine. The Jewish communities outside of Palestine were called the Diaspora, while Jews who lived in these communities were often called the Hellenists. Many of those Hellenists moved to Jerusalem in their old age, hoping to die and be buried in the holy city. This accounts for a large number of Hellenistic widows in Jerusalem, many of whom joined the Christian community there. Apparently, these Hellenistic widows were overlooked or discriminated against when it came to distribution of material support. To address this problem, 
A special council of seven men was formed to take care of the material and administrative needs of the community. Their names reveal that they themselves were Hellenists selected to address the grievances of their very own group. They were to be wise and guided by the Spirit, which shows that care for the administrative affairs of the community was considered a spiritual task. This episode gives us good insight about how the first Christian community functioned and developed its structures. Yet it is the emphasis on the absolute centrality of the evangelization that stands out in this passage. The apostles address the community with the words, It would not be right for us to neglect the word of God, so as to give out food. This statement establishes an order of importance among various concerns. The most important is proclamation of the word of God. And we know from our earlier reflections, the central point of this proclamation was the resurrection of Jesus. The letter of Peter addresses yet another tension that existed within the broader Jewish community in those days. The majority of Jesus' contemporaries ardently expected the coming of the Messiah. And yet, when Jesus the Messiah came, there was a sharp division among the Jews. Some welcomed him, but the majority rejected him. The author himself, a Jew, reacts to these divisions by presenting an argument for Jesus. He employs the symbol of a stone to describe Jesus as well as address the tensions and paradoxes his story might have caused. First, the stone is naturally a cold and dead object, yet Jesus is the living stone. In this clever way, the author alludes to the resurrection when Jesus dead and cold body was transformed into a living and vibrant organism. Second, the stone is often an obstacle which can cause someone to stumble and fall. Yet the same stone can be the cornerstone, an essential part of the building that holds the entire structure together. The reason Jesus became a stumbling stone for those who rejected him by not believing in his resurrection. They stumbled by excluding themselves from the Christian community. Yet he became the cornerstone, the central and binding element for their entire life, for those who accepted him and believed in the resurrection. Third, the very image the stone was borrowed by the author from Psalm 118. In fact, this entire passage is built on allusions to and quotations from the Old Testament. For some holding on to their Jewish practices prevented them from accepting Jesus as the Messiah. For others, reading of the scripture text provided clear indication 
that Jesus was the Messiah sent by God in fulfillment of his promises as recorded in that scripture. The author concludes with statement that beautifully describes those for whom Jesus became the living cornerstone. By their acceptance of the risen Lord, they became chosen, priestly and holy people, belonging exclusively to God. This phrase is drawn from the text of the Sinai Covenant, where Israelites were given the promise of becoming just some people if they keep Yahweh's covenant. By welcoming Jesus and making him the cornerstone of their life, Christians fulfill the Sinai Covenant. Faith in the risen Lord allowed them to put rest tensions and contradictions that the life and work of Jesus might have caused. Chapter 14 of John is part of the Jesus' farewell speech to his disciples. In this particular part of this extensive speech, John chapters 18 to 17, we see disciples distraught and confused. Since Jesus talks about going away, they are deeply afraid of being left alone. Jesus' response to their concern is straightforward. First, he tells them about his destination and purpose. He is going to the Father to prepare a place for them. These words indicate that their final destiny lies in eternal life in God's presence. Second, he calls himself the way, the truth, and the life. This phrase is the best summary of Jesus and his mission. The way means that living according to his teaching is the path to God and truly human life. The truth means that he is the fullest and trustworthy representation of God. As he said to Philip, wherever sees him, sees God at work. The life means that belief in him leads to eternal life. Finally, believing in him empowers the disciples to continue with his work on earth. They will be able to perform even greater works, which means that they will lead even more people to faith. While the disciples' concerns were understandable as well as the tension they felt at the prospect of Jesus' absence, they are admonished to deal with such confusion and tension by firmly holding on to Jesus. In the readings of today, we see groups and individuals facing tensions and confusion. In the community of Acts, tensions are caused by material and administrative matters. The community of Peter lived in tension with their Jewish neighbors, for whom Jesus became a stumbling stone. In the gospel, the disciples faced uncertainty and confusion in their hearts and on a very individual level. Yet in all three cases, the advice on how to deal with the situation is the same. Focus on the risen Lord. This focus on Jesus and belief in his resurrection allows them to systematize and order their individual and community affairs in the order of proper importance. With Christ at the center, everything falls into place 
and tensions dissipate. The scripture read in the light of Jesus' resurrection provides the kind of clarity needed to order the Christian life and concerns to alleviate the tensions that inevitably arise and make our path straight and less complicated. The psalmist knew this when he called the faithful to rejoice because the word of Yahweh is straightforward. All he does springs from his constancy. Listening to the Word of God One of the reasons why the Bible is loved by many is that it does not try to hide the tensions and human weaknesses of God's people. There is no pretense or cover-up. All is open for all to see and learn from. Right from the beginning, we can see the church was never perfect. There were tensions and conflicts which continued throughout history up to the present time. In the African context, one of the first areas of conflict was the relationship between Christianity and African cultures and religions. Tensions arose as different views emerged. Some believed that Christianity had nothing in common with African religions, and therefore Christians needed to abandon these. Others saw similarities and common values and encouraged Christians to work towards integrating these two worlds so that Christianity could be truly African. These tensions within the Catholic Church were resolved through the introduction of enculturation that sought to bring together the rich positive resources of African religions into Christianity. The tensions were addressed in ways that did not stop the core mission of the church, which is evangelization. In fact, this integration enhanced the mission. When conflicts are not handled well, the church suffers because of divisions that divert it from fulfilling its core mission. Many of us have experienced conflicts in our parishes and the ever-present potential for either unity or division. The same dynamics work in all our relationships as conflict is ever-present. Such tension can be either a threat or a catalyst for change. The difference in outcome depends on how conflict and tensions are managed. The sign of good conflict resolution in the church is that the core mission of evangelization is not compromised. The apostles recognized conflicts as potential detractors to their mission and resolved the problem through delegation of certain duties to others who would take on the responsibility. When the mission is clear, then conflicts are handled in a way that does not compromise it. It is not only conflicts in parishes that are highlighted in these readings, but also personal crises that cause us to doubt as we face challenges in life that make us feel abandoned and hopeless. What we learn from the doubts and confusion expressed by the disciples is the importance of questions and honesty with our feelings. The disciples ask questions, expressed doubts, and in the process received answers that strengthened their faith and trust in Jesus. Faith grows from honest expressions, 
of doubt and questioning. Conflicts and tensions are part of our individual and communal journeys of faith. We have been given a companion in the person of the Holy Spirit to give us wisdom to respond in ways that are focused on the core mission of our calling as disciples of Jesus, the proclamation of the gospel. If you are not part of the solution, you are part of the problem. Action Self-examination Reflect on the current conflict in your personal and parish life. What are the issues driving this conflict and creating tensions? How can you apply the principles learned in this reflection? to be part of the solution and not the problem. Response to God Be open to God about your feelings and make a list of questions that you would like to ask God. Pray for an open heart and mind that is responsive to God's answers, not only as you read the scriptures, but in unexpected sources and events. Response to your world Our communities are constantly struggling with conflicts and tensions. Choose one conflict in your community and resolve to be part of the solution and not part of the problem. Prayer Oh Holy Spirit, grant us wisdom to respond to the conflicts and tensions in our world and the courage to be part of the solution and not part of the problem. Make us instruments of harmony and restore our peace of heart in the midst of tensions, difficulties and struggles of life. Amen. Amen.